When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Woke up this morning, yourself a gun. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the family with Hackmaster Ralph W. Basham, MD. Co-host Catherine Brandt. And Andy Rampenard. What do you think of that action, ladies and gentlemen? We <laughs> shall be right back. Kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing, the kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. 
Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. We're rocking out, man. What do you think of that action? I just showed a video that I was sent by Doc and Joe from Louisville and Passolt and Michael Bryant. They were all sharing this. There's a guy driving a fuel truck down the freeway in Italy, and he's texting while he's driving his fuel truck down a freeway in Italy. Full speed runs into a, a bunch of semis. You should see the blaze. Holy God. Let me guess. Boom. Boom. I mean, that it looked like an entire city was on fire, for God's sake. Tough road to hoe. Is Timmy ready to go? Uh-huh. Timmy. Timmy, 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 Timmy. I can hear him breathing. Can you hear me breathing now? There we go. Had myself muted. Sorry about that. What's happening, man? Keep away from the heavy breathing. Well, you know, that, that, that music you start your show with, that Sopranos music, how appropriate is it this week? I know. Huh? Is that, are they going to release the movie this week, the first Yes, first they are, and I've been <clears throat> keeping everything buttoned up. I screened the movie a couple weeks ago already. Mm. So it's horrible I'm Mr. As Big last Shot, <laughs> but I've had to keep my mouth shut. But so, uh, I think Sopranos fans are going to be happy with oh, this. Oh, good. Is this in theaters or just on television? Theaters and HBO Max. I might so, want to go yeah. see that in the theater, though. Well, don't you think I should go see that in the theater? Because Catherine's not going to want to go see it. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's no. one option. <laughs> I'm sure that you and your mob movie buddies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My mob? You mean all my Italian friends? All <laughs> Is your that Italian you mean? friends. Severe. All your, yeah, all your mini mafioso friends. Your exactly. mini mafioso friends, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, yeah, of course, I screen it in the theater along with a few other people. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing lands the first weekend because it's opening against the Venom movie, the sequel. Oh, yeah. You know, and the problem with box office is people tend to use that as a barometer, whether the movie's actually good or not, and that couldn't be any further from the truth. Right, I mean, right. Yeah, sometimes movies suck and people don't go to them, but there are movies that, you know, I think the demographic is obviously different for this one than it is for Venom, so I think that's going to make a difference. Um, you know, and also, too, the HBO Max uh, option, I think, uh, comes into play as well. But, uh, you know, one thing I will say for this film is that, you know, big Sopranos fans uh, would probably it's best to manage your expectations of what you think you're going to see with this one, because this is a prequel movie. This takes place decades before uh, The Sopranos. So people think might think it's about um, the young Tony. Uh, Yes, it is, but not nearly as much as you think it would be. It's more about 
the man who mentored him much in the way that Tony mentored Christopher. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, we have, it's actually Christopher's father who is his mentor. Oh, Montesanti. So, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And then Ray Ray Liotta's in it as well. So you got a great cast, but you know you're gonna you're gonna naturally want to make comparison. I don't think there's any question that that kid, uh, Michael Gandolfini, he was 22 now. You have to remember the movie was probably shot a couple of years ago. All right. Yeah. Um, he looks like he, he's a teen in the film, but he's the second person that plays him. There's there's a 10 year old kid that plays the younger version of Tony. So, uh, but yeah, so you got Tony, you got Polly Walnuts, you got Uncle Junior, <laughs> you got Livia. Uh, so, you know, it's a real kick to see these great actors taking on these roles because you got to believe there's a lot of pressure there, even though they're younger iterations of these characters um, to, to, you know, to take on these iconic characters because they really are iconic characters, aren't they? Oh, there's no doubt about that. <clears throat> you know, one of my favorite Tony Soprano lines of all time is this Hasidic Jew that borrows money from the mob and he's not paying it back. <laughs> he doesn't pay it back, so finally Tony Soprano catches up with him and he's got the full Hasidic outfit on, you know, the big lid and everything. And he walks up and he says, where's my money? And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'll get it to you soon. I'll get it right to you. And Tony Soprano goes, listen, here's ZZ Top. <laughs> Well, you know, I will greatest. tell you too because you know the show uh, is—it's got such of a great sense of humor. Yes, about. yes, it does. You know, you do get that here. I, I don't know if it is as much, but you definitely get it. You definitely get it here. So, yeah, I, I don't—I don't think you'll be disappointed. I'll, of course, do the review on the queue on Thursday. I also, if I could shamelessly plug, I talked shameless with the plug. Actor, shameless plug. I talked with the actor who played uh, Corey Stall. Uh, um, he, he prolific actor. You know the guy. Sure. He plays yep. Uncle Junior, and then and Billy Magnuson, who plays the young Polly Walnuts <clears throat> as well. So that's coming up later this week. Uh, uh, I wrote it for Looper.com, and it'll be published later this week. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's quite a trip. The only thing, I, I it, with some sadness, Tom, my dad was such of a huge Soprano oh, fan. Oh, yeah. I just really, really wish he were here to see this. So I feel his spirit. When I was watching the movie, you know, it kind of, you know, and, and I was talking about to this Billy Magnuson who played Paulie Walnuts, talking about this Michael Gandolfini uh, you know, playing the guy's father, just how emotional of a deal that was to watch, you know? So this is a family thing, you know? It's about families. It's about the mob. It's about the mob family. It's the family. And the business. Yeah. It's just business. It's just business. So, yeah, yeah. It, it'll be... I'm, I'm very, very curious to see how this thing's going to end up. Not Naturally, it's not going to have a, as big a budget as your Venoms. So my hope is that this is the first of at least one, maybe two more um, soprano stories, as they call them. Uh, because obviously there's a lot of time between the end of the movie and the beginning of the series. Right, right. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, it's it's been a long time coming, man. It, the show wrapped up in 2007. So Did it really? That, that was 14 years ago. 
Yeah. Oh, God, time's flying. I don't, don't ever talk to me again. I know. I know. It's tough. I mean, there's a lot of things you, you will may potentially for you got to remember six seasons man 86 episodes i mean there's a, that's a lot to absorb so it probably wouldn't hurt to refresh yourself a little bit yeah. although again it's a different you, you you just really i don't think realistically nobody should try to compare the two because they're just two different things you know this is a movie yep. it takes place several decades ahead of time you know you got some of the same characters yes but these characters were different <clears throat> people back then they weren't all the same people that they were in the series so yeah it's it's pretty cool i love i love this whole idea uh, of them doing it and uh yeah yeah you know i, I just can't wait to hear that. your thoughts about it well here's my first thought on it ralph and i are just a few months apart in age and in 14 more years so it was 14 years ago the sopranos ended 14 years from now ralph and i will be sitting here going I want a piece of bread. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, kind of like De Niro and Pesci yeah. at the end of yes. the Irishman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wasn't yeah. that freaking sad? Just it some was. dry right. toast. Give me some yeah. dry toast, will you? <laughs> Come on. But the, fourteen years is also a significant number in that Michael Gandolfini was only fourteen years old when he lost. Uh, his oh dad. yeah, I remember that. <clears throat> yep. He was only fifty-one years old, man. Was he really? What yeah. killed him, by the way? I never did find out what killed him. I think a heart attack. Was it from, from cocaine or something? <laughs> yeah, 51, it from, I mean. Yeah, booger sugar? I would imagine. Probably some drug involved. Or, 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 or not. I mean, if his dad died young, I mean, it could have been. He could have had a, a at risk for heart disease, early death. Oof. You never know. Ooh, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's see. Confirmed to have been a heart attack. They don't yeah. really say anything more, so, yeah, you never know. I mean, it, it does happen. It's extremely rare, but it does happen. Yeah. He wasn't all that. I mean, he was, had a little extra weight on him, but he wasn't a huge guy or no, anything. No, no. You know, it's interesting. He had uh, a career, obviously, before The Soprano. He's one of those guys who was a yeah. character actor. Yep. You know, one of my favorite roles of his, actually, you know, apart from Tony Soprano, there's the movie Get Shorty with John Travolta. Oh, sure. Yeah. And he plays uh, the bodyguard for one of the guys that uh, uh, Gene Hackman borrows money from. God, I'm forgetting the actor. I'll have to look it up. But, he, yeah, he, and, and, uh, he comes into um, Chili Palmer's orbit and actually teams up with him eventually. But that's such of a great role. He plays the, the bear is the name of the character. Oh, okay. I love him in that movie. And then, oddly enough, uh, Travolta did another movie called A Civil Action. Uh, it was like a Aaron Brockovich sort of mm -hmm. deal where, I don't know, it was Tainted Water or something. And um, he was in that one as well. So, you know, he's the sort of guy that was around a while, obviously, before The Sopranos. And, and you're glad that you finally get an opportunity to see him shine like he did as Tony Soprano. So uh, the name of the actor here, uh, it comes. Uh, Jesus, why I think. <clears throat> eh, I got to find out. Oh, Delroy Lindo. There we oh, go. Oh, yeah, I like Delroy Lindo. He's good. That, what a, that was a great cast in that movie as well. Yep. Gene Hackman, Rene Russo, Danny DeVito, Dennis Farina. Yeah. God, I always <laughs> liked him too. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, one thing I'm Bobby Slayton was in that movie. Oh, really? Bobby. Oh, Bobby. Oh, I'd love to see him up, see him again. Yep. You know, one of the interesting things about prequels that I've noticed is that 
whenever I've, I've if I see if I've watched a movie and then there are sequels, I find that in the sequels the character development is very shallow and it really is not very interesting to watch. So I was never unable to watch the sequels to The Matrix, the sequels to The First Lord of the Rings. Yep. I, I because it's just it's just boring. But the prequels, I've noticed that I find that they're, they maintain that character development or they're redeveloping that same character. And I noticed yeah. that I, 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 I tried to watch, uh, oh, what was uh, Suicide Squad, uh, the two, they said the second one, and I couldn't yeah. get through it. Yet I watched Birds of Prey, and I, I, was, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. <clears throat> so it's, uh, I find that very interesting, these prequels. We have Star Wars prequels, uh, very interesting to uh, to see and to to be able to uh, watch. Well, I think it really puts a lot of pressure on the actor because obviously there's expectations, but they can't be the same person that mm-hmm. they were. You know, they obviously Darth Vader wasn't born Darth Vader. You know, and that kid took a lot of heat. That poor kid. Um, and thank God social media wasn't in full force then because the kid it would have it. They destroyed him anyway. Yeah. But, but, you know, um, yeah, so now all of a sudden these actors are forced to not come up with a straight-up imitation, but, you know, kind of try to provide a backstory themselves yeah. as to what they thought the character was. And obviously, in, in, to agree with David Chase, in this case, with Many Saints of Newark, and Alan Taylor, who directed nine episodes of The Sopranos. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. they got to work for it, man. And, and it's not... Again, they they, they, they they introduce characters. I shouldn't say introduce, but characters that maybe were merely mentioned. Or you get Johnny Boy Soprano in this case, John, played by John Bernthal, who is such a great actor anyway. But you only get him in a flashback scene in that first season, Johnny Boy. I mean, and he's obviously referenced. But now all of a sudden you got a guy, you know, we get to see so much more of him in The Many Saints of Newark. So that's really cool. Indeed. No, I have a question for you. Yeah. Does the movie have a sense of humor like the TV show? Yeah, I mean, oh, I think good. it does. I, 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 I don't, I don't know if it's. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I mean, I, I just my big thing going into this was trying not to compare the two. You know, sure. Uh, but yeah, there are some definitely funny. There are some funny scenes in this thing, and funny in the places that you would expect them to be funny. You know, where where somebody's getting whacked and somebody says something that, you know, they're more concerned about themselves than they are about the person that they're torturing. You know, it's just that twisted sort of it's funny stuff, you know. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I I don't want again, I I don't want to set up expectations for either, Tom, because I know you're such a huge fan of the show. So. You know, I tend to do that once in a while. I tend to get really hyped about something, and people go, what the hell is he? Lamers. What the hell is lamers? Lamer, Timmy Lamers. <laughs> so here's a question I have for you. Now, I'll give you an example of the type of humor in The Sopranos that I loved. Uh, and maybe some people don't get that humor, but Christopher and Paulie Walnuts go into Starbucks in one of the episodes, and as they're sitting there having their coffee, Paulie Walnuts is doing nothing but complaining about how Starbucks – stole Italian culture. It yes. was the Italians' idea to come up with these coffee pots. It was the Italians' idea to do the drip coffee. It was the Italians' idea. You know, he, went, he just kept going on and on and on about how they stole the idea. So they get up to leave after they finish their coffee. And on the way out, Paulie Walnut steals a coffee pot. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. You know, That's and sometimes, great. I mean, I will say this because it's in the trailer, but um, <laughs> somebody, they're sitting there for, for the, the, the goon boss are sitting at a table with a priest, uh, uh, Silvio and uh, uh, Ray Liotta's character. Uh, and and uh, somebody says, what, what's his name? And he just looks at the guy and he says, pussy. Yeah. <laughs> big you, pussy. So you know it's big pussy. Big but, pussy, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even though you know you you watch you, you're aware of it going into the movie, you still laugh out loud, you know, when you see it. So yeah, yeah, it, I I think you're gonna like it. You know, oh, I will first like of all, it, I'm sure. you can't. You just the older versions. You you know, I mean, these guys are doing the best they can, and and again, in a way, not trying to redefine them, but kind of elbowing it out the sides a little bit, giving themselves a little more depth in the early years and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, I'm I'm just trying to with this one it's kind of tough because you want to manage expectations of people. You don't want to hype it too much because so you know, people will inevitably be disappointed no matter what, you know. I don't know what people are looking for with this one. I will say though, I I don't think, you know, with the first trailer, it really made it seem like it was going to be a lot more about Tony Soprano than it really is. Oh, okay. All right. So, you know, but Again, the story—it—it's all relative. It all makes sense. I mean, you got Christopher's father, and obviously, there's parallels. There's a lot of foreshadowing in this movie to things that you see in the surprise. Oh, see, I love that. I love that. Yep. Yeah, you know, just sometimes, just really little things, but it's there. It's definitely there. And uh, yeah, there's one funny one. I know you're absolutely gonna love, but I, I won't say anything. But yeah, it's—it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. One more Polly Walnuts, but I have to change one word. I'm going to use the word fig because a derogatory F word for gay men. I'm not saying it on the air. Forget it. So I'll go with fig. Uh, Christopher again says to Polly Walnuts, hey, when would you put on all that muscle in your life? You got all this muscle. When would you put that all on? He goes, well, I'll tell you the truth. I was, uh, I was in the Army. You know, I joined the Army. Because, well, I was drafted, actually. I didn't join the Army, but I was, I was in the Army, and I figured I'd better, you know, put on some muscle so I could be a good fighter, right? And uh, I'll tell you one thing. It was kind of nice. The master sergeant came over, and he says, you know, uh, Paulie, i got to be honest with you, you're really put together. Not a guy was half a fig, but still, I was, I was flattered. <laughs> like, really? Well, you know, you know... <laughs> I started watching the show from the beginning again, and you know, there's just things that this is 1999. The, the show started, <clears throat> yep. And and you just think, God, these days people would have a freaking cow with oh. some of the things they say. Oh yeah. And and you know, it's just, God, I hope people don't. Nobody is stupid enough to go back and try to go after the Sopranos. I really hope not. Well, who you knows? Know, it's an interesting thing yesterday that happened, and I'm not sure where I sit with it, just because I think the guy is such a scumbag anyway. But the question came down, uh, one of the Hollywood reporters, somebody did a speculative article about R. Kelly, now that he has been found guilty, about whether Spotify and some other streaming service should scrub his music because of this. What? Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, yeah, he is a scumbag, but 
do you erase history? I, I don't know. That's a tough question. I mean, obviously, look with Michael Jackson, and I guess you could say that 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 one is still sort of up for debate because of this documentary, uh, find, Leaving Neverland? Is that what it was? I think it's Finding. Mm. Is Finding it? Neverland is a movie. Oh, that's something else. Depp. Leaving Neverland. Oh. <laughs> Johnny Depp, who has his own problems. Yeah, he's got his but own yeah. problems. Well, that's the thing. But, it's but, like but, if but, you're going to erase every entertainer that has done something horrible you would You're never be able to watch yeah. anything right. or listen to anything how about yeah. a president if we got yeah. all the presidents entertainers that are all, women like they're overwhelmingly have some sort of skeleton in their closet it seems can you imagine yeah. the stuff that jfk and rfk did together on top of killing marilyn monroe <laughs> i don't think it's a stretch to say that she overdosed by herself but you know yeah i'm pretty sure though she got those pills somewhere though yeah and i <clears throat> she yeah. wasn't treated very yeah. well either. No? Yeah. No. But, you know, so, you know, again, here, this presents the question. I mean, obviously, is somebody going to want to say, oh, my God, well, if you go back to the Sopranos in this episode and they said this, da-da-da-da-da. Yep. It'll happen. I mean, where is it going to – it's such of a slippery slope. I mean, again, you're going to do the – again, R. Kelly, complete scumbag. But, you know, going back to erase his music, I mean, you're right, uh, Andy. I mean, you better start <laughs> – Getting out the eraser, baby. Yeah, start erasing. Because there's a whole lot of erasing to do if you're going to go by people's torrid past. Mm-hmm. That's if, for sure. If you look at uh, the number of uh, entertainers that have died from uh, drug use, yep. And if you really want to make, if you really want to make a, a a statement about not using drugs, illicit drugs, you might just scrub all their music, and we would yeah. have virtually. I mean, you wouldn't have anything left. I mean, all of Michael Jackson, all of mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix, all of Janis Joplin, you know, all, all of the well, yeah, movies. That's the thing is a lot of this uh, bad behavior from entertainers does stem from drug use. Yeah. Because it, yeah. They're probably the number one group in the world for drug use per capita, I would say, is entertainers. Hmm. Uh, if you think about it, I mean, yeah, maybe. God, the percentage of entertainers who have either died from an overdose or nearly died from an overdose or just... Are admitted coke heads, you know, it's all, it's like half of them, I'd or say. Or are recovering. Or are recovering, but usually they don't recover, they just spiral. Well, the problem is, the problem is now, too, I mean, some of their stuff is getting spiked with whatever, and they don't know it. That's true. Like, the, there was one guy who died recently, uh, he was... Michael Kenneth Williams? I don't know. It was a black yeah, guy. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. He thought he was taking a pill, and he was actually taking some like pressed fentanyl, and that's all it took. Well, well, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know it's being spiked, but that everybody knows that. That's true. That's the I mean, risk they're taking. It is so. A it is not an excuse. It is. It you took that risk because the illicit drug manufacturers, it might be a surprise to some people, are not reliable. <laughs> and they will do whatever they can yeah. to maximize their the use of their drugs, whether it's whether it's uh, marijuana, whether it's LSD. If they can put a little uh, little uh, t- taste of uh, fentanyl in that, and you mm-hmm. sort of get used to it, and geez, I don't feel right. I, I should take another toke here. Boom, yeah. you've solved the problem. Yeah. So, you, so yeah. you can create an addiction, an inadvertent addiction to these people, and that's I, that's merchandise. That's that's. Product merchandise. Well, the real problem is uh, I encourage anyone listening who can to look up and picture 
of a lethal dose of fentanyl. Oh, God. It's not a whole lot. <clears throat> no, it's and not. And these people making drugs in their garages don't exactly have the most scientific, reliable equipment <clears throat> in the world. So, you know, you one extra nanogram, which is an amount so small you can't even see it, and right. that's all it takes to make a lethal dose. Yeah, we, we use it in the OR all the time. All oh. the time. Da- There's a reason you know, nurse anesthetists get paid so well. That's right, and you, you give a little bit too much, and Just you tiniest, stop yeah. breathing. Like the Alabama Period. man who was caught breaking bad with barbecue sauce. What? <laughs> Matthew Williamson was found sleeping in the press box of a sports complex surrounded by piles of stolen chicken fingers, chips, candy, and meth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That sounds about right. The outlaw snooze fest, they're calling um, it. Oh, let me great. know if, if we're going to a break because there, there, there's another. Oh, God, we uh, do have to go to a break. Yes. Okay, well, I'm going to bring up, uh, well, I'll just tell you, Goliath. Let's talk that after oh, the break. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to talk this, about this. This figures into what we're talking about right now. And I want to talk about Finch. Finch. Atticus Finch? No, the new movie. Different Finch. Finch. All right, we'll be back with the family. Tom Bernard talking with Brad Huckle and Michael Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked a few times over the years about how North American Banking Company has helped local businesses when they're ready for expansion. We love talking about the success of our customers. One example is suburban manufacturing in Monticello. They create innovative products that produce clean, dry air that is needed during the manufacturing process. We recently helped them expand their business. Moving into a new building gave them the space they needed to add new equipment and production lines. We were able to step in quickly and provide the financing they needed when they needed it. When we help businesses like Suburban Manufacturing with their expansion, it's beneficial for our customers, but their growth also creates new jobs in our community. So they make stuff that produces clean, dry air for manufacturing after working with Bilski. Do they breathe easier with their business belt? We certainly hope so, Tommy. And that's no hot air. Nice one. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Listen up, drivers. Are you doing the same thing every day, driving the same hours, making the same money? Well, stop and listen. Priority Courier Experts has a wide range of driving opportunities available right now. So if you're a professional driver or determined to become one, we can show you the benefits of partnering with Priority. Hey, Forrest, can you tell the good drivers of the Twin Cities which vehicles Priority has available in their lease-to-own program? Well, I'd really like my friend Bubba to help me with this. Forrest, we have dark trucks, tractor-trailer trucks, flatbed trucks, curtain side dock trucks, flatbed Moffat trucks, Ford Transit and Transit Connect Vans trucks. Hey, Forrest, shouldn't we have a shrimp truck? Bubba, I think you're on to something there. There you have it. Every kind of vehicle you could imagine, all doing same-day deliveries in town. Call Priority right now, and we'll get you on the road. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. I'm going to read something to you that was just discovered this morning and uh, initially came out, what, four days ago on September 24th. <clears throat> Apparently, woke writers now do not like the term virginity. Uh, they don't want to use virginity, even though it applies to men and women. Virginity is a construct. But I don't really understand. I mean, yeah, a lot it. of things are constructs, though. It applies um, to men and women if the man's a virgin or the woman's a virgin. Yeah. So how is that sexist in any way? 
people are dumb? Uh, because of Judeo-Christian yeah, exactly. morals that white Eurocentric. It seems to be okay for men to not be virgins, but women must be virgins. Okay, so they. Well, that's the other thing is it's not okay for men to be virgins though, and it's easier to not be a. a vir- it's easier to be a virgin than not be a virgin because not being a virgin requires action. That's true. Whereas virginity is the default state. So women actually have it better in that regard. Okay, you ready for the new term for virginity? <laughs> you got to start using this as of four days ago. Okay, I'm ready. Do not say virginity. You, they've replaced it. The woke have replaced it with sexual debut. No, they haven't. <laughs> it's right here. <laughs> it's way it's too New fake. York Post. So NewYorkPost.com. Children are pre-sexual debuters. Yeah, that's a pretty. <laughs> Is that where we're going with this? Interesting language to use when talking about children. Wow. Did you look it up? Am I lying? It's in the New York Post. Oh. Well, did you read <laughs> that? Did you read that language thing about what the colleges are doing? Oh yeah. You can't say he, her, no. him, she, he. It has, everything's like Z, and it is for Z, everybody. For everybody. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if you write a paper without using these made-up pronouns, uh, you will probably get a fail. You will I, get a fail. I wonder why uh, college enrollment is plummeting. Yeah, I can't figure among it out. Among men, it is yeah. not women. Yeah, women, women are, are buying going. into this crap like Even nobody's women business. Even women are. It's. Going down quite a bit. Thirty-nine percent of college college people now are men. Thirty-nine percent. Yep. Sixty-one percent. Well, I mean, women. you hate and vilify enough, people are just going to be like, "Okay, fine, I'm not going to participate." Yeah, what exactly. are they going to do about high school? Hey, listen, <laughs> I just I'm here to talk about my sexual debut. That's, that's all. I don't want to hear about it. So, so instead no, of somebody if, ask if you've lost your virginity, you say, "Have you made your sexual debut?" Yet? That's correct. That's exactly right. Okay. And again, okay. it's in the New York Post. This isn't some rag. Well, the New York Post. I mean, it is kind that. of is. Whoa, 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 whoa. What, are, are we defining the sexual debut? <laughs> See. Or are we going back to uh, the uh, the presidential definition? Well, th- I did not. Oh yeah. Have yeah. What sex is sex with anyway? Sex. Relations. Well, it depends that's on what true. your definition of is is. Yeah, that's the other one. <laughs> Definition of is is. What was yep. he even talking about when to he Bill said Clinton? It? Yeah. It's all that double no speak knows. that people no fall one, for. Yeah. They just they, uh, very weird. I they feel just, your pain. Is he also? I feel your pain. Yeah. They just do all this double speak, and then people are going, "Oh, I don't understand him, so he must be smarter than me." That makes That's sense. true. <laughs> so that that is people think. Good way of looking at it. How many people? How many women came forward? Didn't like twenty-two women come forward and say that he sexually molested them? Yeah. Bill Clinton. And nobody cares. Yeah. I just don't. How do you not? Well, Donald Trump admitted that he grabbed a woman's crotch and nobody cared about. Well, they cared about it for 10 minutes. Then there was other things to hate him for. Mm. I don't understand how it how it is you can let that slide. I mm-hmm. don't get it. They didn't let it slide with Trump. No, they went after him pretty good. But they this, went after him nonstop. Well, that one woman, he actually ejaculated on her back while she was sitting at her desk at work. Well, that thanks, Bill. Hmm. Juanita, what's her name? She, she, uh, one of Bill Clinton's victims. Juanita Broderick. Broderick. She's, she's still like he raped me. He completely raped me, and no one gave a shit. Nobody cares. I just don't get it. Didn't didn't she come to one of the debates with Trump? Have oh man, yeah, I remember that now. Oh, Hillary's debate. Yes. Oh, that's right. She. Yeah. Yeah, she did. 
It's just unbelievable. Some certain people they can do whatever the hell they want and nobody cares. That's all right. They agree with me, so you can do whatever you want. It's pretty amazing how some people just can get a pass you mean for anything. Like, like Alec Baldwin. Like Alec Baldwin, he's a perfect example. That guy has has abused women. He sucker punched. He's a sucker punched men. He's a terrible. No, his brother used, Dan. He's a great guy. He used that that f word to just you know to the the gay slur. Yeah, he did. He's all done the that. Time. Yep. No. I Nobody mean, cares. He's done so much stuff. But then you see him act. It's like, oh, okay, well, let's give the guy a pass. Well, but it's it's about more than that, obviously. It's hard. It's hard for us as viewers because Tommy and you and I both agree. I mean, the guy is such of a great actor. It's he like, is, yeah. <clears throat> you know, sometimes I mean, I, I will tell you, and I've said this before. It is getting very, very tough for me, especially as people are, you know, spouting their viewpoints or their insane thoughts about whatever. It's it's harder for me to separate that person from what they're doing on screen. Well, I agree. It, it's becoming tougher and tougher. Well, they make it um, tougher. Because Twitter didn't exist prior to, you know, not too long ago. So even when we were growing up, it was always you'd hear a news story about some actor and then that's it. You don't hear about it ever again. Right. But now Gossip it's like constantly, they're just constantly demonstrating that they're insane, awful people. Mm. You're not yeah. wrong. Well, I wanted to mention uh, Goliath season four, okay. the fourth and final season. <clears throat> Billy Bob, uh, Billy Bob, man, it is such of a great show. I, I personally think the first season's the best. I don't know. Did you watch all three seasons prior? I've seen the first two, but I haven't seen the third one yet. Third is third gets kind of, and Dennis Quaid is in it, um, but it gets really trippy and really weird, and that same sort of thing is happening with this one. Um, J.K. Simmons is the bad guy in this. Oh, I and love this him. one, this one is about the opioid uh, crisis and how he's uh, <clears throat> taking on the opioid industry. But it's weird when all of a sudden, in the middle, I've only seen the first couple episodes, but there's a freaking full-scale Broadway-style number in the middle of it. It's like. Jesus, you're really going to the bottom of the barrel to try to get creative with this show. I mean, it's so bizarre. And, and, and yeah, I can't tell you what else happens that makes the show bizarre, but it ties into what happened to Billy Bob's character at the end of season three. Oh, so okay. either watch season three or watch the the rap, you know, whatever, the preamble before season four, they did, you know, previously on Goliath, you know, to get an idea of, you know, that situation. But they're really leaning heavy into that storyline that began at the tail end of season three. But again, he is such of a great actor. You got him. You got Bruce Dern in this one as well. Uh, yeah. God, I love the show. He and he's it's just different. But this this four seasons too different for me at least so far it is yeah but jk sims a hell of an ad oh he is great but again you know i thought about it when we were talking about the drug deal with the with the drug manufacturers and <laughs> it's really crazy man they're they really hit the uh big pharma hard in this this show at least so far they do but of course there's there's a lot of corruption going on too and no Maybe, and you know, with everybody who's involved, with the exception of uh, Billy Bob's character. I love Billy Bob's character. First of all, there's a guy that I never expected it, but you know, we're he he's been on the show several times. He comes on 
Well, he hasn't been on in a couple of years now since the COVID, but he's come on about once a year, and we talk and have a great time and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And and he was on the show one day, and and somebody made a statement about something, and I said, well, you can't really say that because I I know Billy Bob Thornton, but we're not friends. He goes, yes, we are. And then like three <laughs> days later, apparently he was on one of the talk shows. I don't know if it was Letterman or whatever, and he brought up my name and said I was a friend of his. Like, no, how odd is that? And then J.K. Simmons was on the show, and he said, God, I'm so glad you took this job. And I said, why? And he goes, because when you lived in New York, you took all the good advertising voiceovers. I'm like, <laughs> what? I didn't even know these guys knew me. I mean, that's the part of this Simmons. job that's really odd is that people know you, and you don't know that they know you. Yeah. You know, that's it's cool. great. I mean, they were, it was very nice of both of them, but it's just odd. Well, Andy, Andy and Alex, you must that'd be kind of weird to you that people, famous people know who you are. That's yeah. how I prefer to be known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a famous person. Famous no. person know me. No, do not know that they yeah, know really me. Don't you know who I am? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't you have know. any obligation to them whatsoever. I don't know. Like I said before, it's, if it's how you grow up, that's just how the world is. That's true. Yeah. I don't that know any different. Really, yeah. <clears throat> that is true. But, but yeah, Billy Bob, nice yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, I've only interviewed him once. He came into town for a movie called The Astronaut Farm. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, him and Virginia Madsen came in. Uh, but, of course, you know, he did the great movie out in Delano with a simple plan. Simple plan, yep. And J.K., I'm trying to think if he was in Minnesota or not. I, I get him mixed up. I think there was another. I think Chelsea Ross. Yeah, Chelsea Ross, plan. yes. Right. Yeah, for some reason I was thinking that J.K. was. But J.K., that was a Sam Raimi movie, and J.K. was in another one. I think it was The Gift, maybe. But I have to mention this every time I hear the man's name. If you have not seen this movie and you want to see some ferocious frickin' acting, rent Whiplash. Oh, Whiplash which, is great. Which, yeah, where yep. he won his Oscar. What a son of a bitch this guy is. <laughs> what a horrible movie. human being. Oh, my he God. He really is. Oh, great movie. It is one of the all-time great performances. Yep. Oh, Jesus, it's incredible. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. I love great acting. You know, and that's why I'd be interested in a show like and I will continue to watch. There's eight episodes of Goliath season four. Again, it's weird, but just because Billy Bob is in it, I'm going to watch them. Yeah, he's great. Indeed, I would. Well, and J.K. Simmons too. Jeez, I'd mm. watch that in a minute. Mm. I'd and watch I will that say that J.K. does the musical number. <laughs> oh, I got it. Just one more quick New York voiceover story. We watched the movie A Soldier Story the other night. The neighbors oh, yeah. came over and watched the great movie, terrific movie. What was that Howard K. Rollins? Isn't that his name? Yes, yes. He is so good in that. And then you got Denzel Washington's about eleven years old in it. <laughs> Jesus, I mean it's. Yeah. But just watching that whole. But Adolf Caesar's in it. Adolf yep. Caesar is the murder victim in the movie, and I used to work with him all the time in New York. And one thing he always did that I loved because he's not a very big guy. He's kind of a little guy. But he's got that you know got that really raspy voice like this, right? So mm-hmm. we'd all be sitting there waiting to do our the audition for whatever is coming up, this big piece of business coming up. And he, all of a sudden the door would open. There would be Adolf Caesar, and every time he walked in, he'd go, y'all can go home, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> even before he, even before his, uh, his read on it, he already just decided, he already got, y'all can go home, I got it. <laughs> okay. Great guy, really nice, really nice guy. Well, what about uh, encountering... Uh um, Orson Welles. That was in Los <laughs> Angeles when he recently. couldn't turn around in the in the hallway, so they had to pull the car up front. 
Well, you know, one Did thing you know that, that you mentioned wrong? about, oh, we talked about Vincent D'Onofrio last week. Oh, I love show. him. Love that one, guy. One of, and there have been a few, not too terribly many. Uh, the most recent one was in the movie Mank, where somebody played Orson Welles. Yes, right. And mm. I think by far the best portrayal of Orson Welles, and it's a short scene. It's in the movie Ed Wood, Tim Burton's oh, movie yeah. about yep. Ed Wood. And Ed uh, meets Orson in in a in a bar or something just by chance and sits down and talks to him and and vincent d'onofrio plays orson wells to me by and by far the best portrayal of orson wells out there uh and we as a young man and talking about you know owning your stuff and being an independent being a, a maverick and stuff and he kind of encouraged ed wood in the scene but god what a great actor he he is oh yeah but, oh yeah and i'll take anything uh any movies or whatever that detail Orson Welles. Did you ever see Mank? Yeah, uh, I did. Yep. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of that? I look. If he's in it, I love it. Yeah, Oldman's terrific in it. Yeah. Great movie. Well, I tell you what. Uh, the the movie. God, what movie was he? In? Oh, it was Salt and Sea. I don't know if you ever saw mm. the Salt and Sea, but uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character in there had, had pissed off the mafia and they cut his nose off. So I said, Vincent, was that weird to have to wear a metal nose for an entire shoot of a movie? And he's like, yeah, that was pretty odd. I mean, he has this really weird look, and there's a strap around his head to hold his nose on. He's just an odd (laughs) character. Really good, though. What a talent. Man, what a talented guy. Was in Minnesota to to do a movie called Feeling Minnesota with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great actor. And he was Kingpin in the uh, Daredevil series as well. Guy, just he can do everything, and he's Jerry Falwell. Oh, <laughs> God, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For, you, Tommy, I know you, you got to see the movie just for him as Jerry Falwell. He's not in it nearly as much as he should be. Right. At, at first you're thinking, oh, my God, it's just this one-scene deal and in the beginning, and then he shows up a lot more at the end. But um I, I have to hear quickly, Ralph, you, you were teasing a movie that you yeah. said you had seen. You know, I saw the preview to Finch, and it's a, it's, a, it's a Tom Hanks movie that was supposed to be released in 2020. Now is being released on November, no, October 2nd. It has been released. And, it, and it's a story of a po- post-apocalyptal uh, survivor, and it looks like Survivor, or I'm sorry, uh, Castaway. What's that? What's it what? for sci-fi. Yeah, for sci-fi. <laughs> It's a Tom Hanks movie. It's the same. It's the same thing. Where instead of talking to a uh, a, ball, the volleyball, a ball, yeah. or ball volleyball, he's talking to a dog he found. Huh. And, oh yeah, I heard and he about makes that, a robot. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I was watching. And go, oh, I don't know. It, really? I mean, I, it, it didn't. It, would just, well, it looks like the same movie. Couple, couple things to worry about with that one, Ralph. If it were made in 2020 and isn't being released now, I understand the pandemic's going to push things back, but. Uh, I also know notice how Apple TV picked it up. Yeah. I mean, is that because the studio that owned it originally, because it had to have been a big studio if Tom Hanks was involved. Sure. Did they yeah. lose their confidence in the fact that maybe this isn't going to play as well in theaters? I don't know. I don't want to judge things because Hanks can take things to a different place that nobody else can. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? But, yeah, it, it does seem weird. That's for sure. I, I tend to not watch trailers prior to movies just because I want to be surprised going in. And I just pulled up the page now and, you know, I, I'm just looking at a couple pictures and it's of him and the dog and the robot. We'll see. We'll so, see. Yeah. So he uh, MacGyver's together a, a robot 
Uh, I, I, I just, I was watching. Man, this just seems like that other movie. It, it didn't seem like much of a reach for him. So, you know, maybe that. And you would think they would have seen that before they did the movie. It, it didn't, you know, it, it didn't make a lot of sense. But so it that, always that looks good on the page. Yeah, but but when they're but when but he did the same movie. If, we, if he had a different, they had a different actor, might work better. But he's done that movie mm. already, and it just seems odd. So. Which makes me think of that movie and I and I uh, news of the world. Right. Oh yeah, yep. terrific yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. God, what a great. He's movie. He's a damn good actor too. Yeah. Very yeah. seems very genuine. You know, it was kind of nice though in the in that show Evil. Uh, Peter Scolari is in that, and he was the what was the name of the what was the name? Bosom Buddies. Bosom Buddies. Yeah, that's that's what it was, right? Yeah, yeah, so it's not, I always liked him, and I don't know why his career didn't take off. I mean, he was not going to be Tom Hanks, but I thought he was damn good enough. Well, one thing you got to give Hanks is that he's always included him in his projects. Yeah, he has. No, you're absolutely he has. Which is a very, very cool thing to do. I couldn't agree more. I think it, well, I I have heard nothing but good things about Tom Hanks. Not one person's ever said a bad word about that guy. And he always yeah. he, he's, he doesn't keep himself in the limelight. He's not. Nope. I mean, he seems to be does his work, does the promos, and, and pretty much has a private life. Yeah, and helps the veterans too. I mean, I should note that. Yeah, he's I mean, great. he's really yeah. Him and Gary Sinise, you know, are very oh, very Sinise. involved. So yeah, it's you got to love that man. I love Sinise too. What a great actor that man is. Boy, we're talking about a lot of talent today. What do you know? The people with actual talent. How'd you know, that that's why I, you know, that's why I keep doing what I do because you know you do get these people that continue to amaze. You know, and that that's what makes it fun. You know, you don't want to see the same old crap every time. Right. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, I I understand what he's saying, and I agree with him completely. Yeah, you don't see the old same old crap every time. It's like enough of that. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Everything is always a reboot or a remake of something. You know, it seems like Hollywood's run out of ideas, but you do get some original stuff once in a while. I am so sick of superhero movies coming out every other day. Oh my God! Don't you have anything else? Well, I thought that, and I know you saw the first Venom, and again, I haven't seen a trailer or anything. I'm going into this cold with only the memory of that first film. The first film was pretty decent. So mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see what that, you know, that that's more irreverent stuff. And I, again, I like that kind of spin on it, you know, instead of your formulaic kind of stuff. Plus, Woody Harrelson. Talk about another great actor. You yep, know, Tom I Hardy agree. and Woody Harrelson in this one. So, yeah. How, how can you go wrong? I'll, I'll tell you for sure. I haven't seen it yet, but I'll tell you for sure Thursday. Uh, but how can you go wrong otherwise? The, the, uh, it looks good on paper. Like I was just saying, it looks good on paper. Who is with Woody Harrelson and Kingpin sitting at that diner Diner when the, the, the waitress comes over? I can't remember who he's sitting with, but in the movie Kingpin, Woody Harrelson's only got one hand. He was a professional bowler. I think he had his hand cut off because he didn't pay his bills or something, right? Yeah. So he's only got one hand, and he's sitting there in this really attractive server. This waitress comes over. And she looks at the other, I can't remember who it is, but, it's, you know, handsome young actor. And she looks at him and goes, what are you interested in, handsome? And Woody Harrelson goes, well, I would like, she goes, I said handsome, not handless. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest. I wonder, you, of course, you're not, 
If you're talking handsome, are you talking about Randy Quaid? Oh, I bet you it is Randy Quaid. I bet you it was Randy Quaid. Come to think he of was it. terrific on that movie. And he was. And a guy that completely went off his rocker. Oh, my God. There is. Yeah, yeah, yeah Randy Quaid was in that with him. Yeah. What happened to that nut job? Jesus, he, uh, you're right. He went off the deep end. Man. I don't know. Calm down, know. sir. Timmy, another great report is all I know. Well, thank you so much, and uh, yes, we will. Uh, I'll be giving the full review of the Many Saints of Newark and Venom on the KQ Morning Show Thursday. And Venom. It's Venom. Let venom, there be venom. carnage. Let there be carnage. <laughs> Let there be carnage. I like that. That works. Yeah, Thanks. because Woody's character is carnage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Going to be good. All All right, I hope Timmy. it's going to be good. We'll talk to you All Thursday right, on the queue. Yes. Have a great week, everybody. You too. Thanks very much. See ya. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Lammers. I liked it a lot. You know, that I like talking to Tim about that stuff because he's very enthusiastic. One thing about Tim Lammers, he's very enthusiastic about movie going and TV watching and all that stuff. But he was yes. particularly enthusiastic. A little hot wired over this Sopranos movie. He was ready yeah, for Yeah, he was jacked up he about this. Ready Soprano. to go. Well, I'm excited to see it. Start with, so it starts this weekend. Sounds great. Catherine, you might have to slide on over to. Uh, you can go with your South little, your little mobster friends. Mm-hmm. My mobster <laughs> friends. Who would that be? Uh, I think Michael Bryant likes mobster movies, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Oh okay. yeah. By the way, it was really funny because I got a text message from Dougie Dawson. Doug Dawson's a friend of Catherine and mine. He lives well. He knows Andy and Alex very well too. Lives in Toronto, Canada. He sent me a text message on Sunday that says. I'm watching the Washington Buffalo game. The game's in Buffalo. Everybody looks just like Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. All yeah. these gigantic men with Those red hair. <laughs> Those are his people. That's exactly right. All right, we'll take a break. Another great hour coming up because we have Chris Dittenberg. Mm-hmm. And there's Dancing with the Stars drama. Oh, drama. oh very exciting. We'll be back with the family.